This is Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio. I hope you're doing well. This is Thought Bites. I have some significant concerns at the moment about the externalization of immorality. So I've used this phrase before. I didn't invent it. The banksters, right? The banksters, the central bankers who will print money, who will summon money out of nothing, who will give you government spending without raising your taxes, who will defer the costs of your preferred social goods to the next generation or the generation beyond or whatever, the banksters are raged against. Because you see, the banksters are responsible, in the theory, for the corruption of the West. If only these damn banksters hadn't come along and offered us everything for free, everything would be fine. And it is a dangerous notion. And what bothers me most about it is the lack of responsibility on the part of the electorate. The big deal that was offered, really a devilish deal that was offered to the greatest generation, the boomers and so on, was, well, you can have a warfare welfare state. We can have a war and we are not going to have to raise your taxes, right? It used to be called guns versus butter, right? If you have more guns, you have less butter. If you have more military industrial goods, you have fewer consumer goods. But that's not the deal that was offered to the boomers. You had the Vietnam War at the same time as you had LBJ's Great Society, the massive increase in the welfare state. Now, the welfare state had already occurred before, in particular under uh, FDR. You got uh, old age security. Ida Mae Fuller got an unholy amount of money after paying in it for one or two cycles. And this general unreality that has been dangled in front of the general voting population for 60, 70 years has been you no longer you no longer have to make difficult decisions when it comes to morality. Helping the poor is a very, very difficult situation. The only people who think that using the government to help the poor is any kind of good idea are the kind of people who have never themselves in their own personal lives laid heart, mind, wallet, and soul down in the tracks of someone's path towards self-destruction, poverty, penury. Because if you've never actually tried to help someone in your own personal life, then you are laboring under the delusion that helping people is really, really easy. Helping some people can be quite easy. But of course, the people who are hard to help, the people who are going to use your help to enable or further their own self-destructive tendencies, right? The, you know, the old issue that we all face when we're walking down the street and someone asks us for money on a street corner, we say, well, if you're hungry, great. But if you're going to use it to buy booze or drugs, then I'm not helping you. I'm, in fact, in hurting you. And... It is very complicated and very difficult to help people. Now, when you do successfully help someone in your life, the level of reward, the, the glow, the, the positive feedback that you get within yourself is a wonderful feeling. There's a reason why for over 10 years I've helped thousands of people in one-on-one -on -one or philosophical conversations as part of my call-in show because it's a wonderful feeling to genuinely help people apply philosophy to their lives and live better lives their mind. But in life, the greater the emotional reward, usually the more difficult the path to it successfully. When the church and private charities and so on helped the poor, they were pretty strict, right? They would be like, well, you got to do this, you got to do that. You know, lady, you can't have more kids uh, with, with men you're not married to and you can't be drinking. And, you know, they were pretty strict and they really, really did help some people and some people they couldn't help. So the, the deal 
that was offered in particular in the 1960s to people was you can get the glow of helping the poor. You can get what's called the virtue signaling, which is a kind of a social mechanism to say, well, I care about the poor and I'm a good person when it doesn't cost you anything personally. I, I no longer, I guess maybe I'm now in my 50s, but for many years now, I've, I've, I've no interest in people's moral pronouncements when they don't have anything on the line. Like, unless you're putting up migrants in your house, I don't care what you've got to say about migrants. Unless you're actually out there helping the poor with your own time, energy, and or money, I don't care what you have to say about the poor because it's a drug, right? The dopamine, the, the happy go-go joy juice that you get in your brain from performing a virtuous action should be preceded by the navigation of the achievement of that virtuous action. And so often now it's not because people say, well, I support government program X, which helps the poor, which provides health care to the sick, which gives succor and comfort to old people uh, in, in the sunset days of their retirement and so on. And you get this wonderful feeling that you're doing good when all you have done, of course, is surrender property and power and control and the capacity to buy votes to the most perfidious institution in human history the state. So that is the deal that is offered. You get the dopamine of the feeling that you've done good, but you don't actually have to do good. You just have to hand off doing good to some other agency, and then you can just sit satisfied in your own squalid muck of self-satisfaction, regardless, of course, of whether the poor are actually being helped. And I mean, government health care is pretty terrible. Um, health care outcomes for people who don't get government health care in many places in the States is better than if they do get government health care. Because if you don't get government health care, you tend to take better care of your health. And if you do get government health care, you're like, yeah, well, I'm covered. So, I mean, it's all that. It's very complicated. It's incredibly complicated to help people. It's incredible. I mean, just think of dieting. The number of people who want to diet, who want to lose weight in America is in the tens of millions maybe 100, 150 million, depending on adults or kids or whatever. But around the world, billions of people, well, let's just say hundreds of millions of people throughout the West want to lose weight. Then the percentage of people who lose weight and keep it off is like 2 or 3 or 4%. And that's just helping yourself when it saves you money because you eat less, when you gain the health benefits yourself and so on. Just helping yourself is really difficult. Helping other people is incredibly complicated and to my credit slash negativeness, I spent an enormous amount of time, energy, and sometimes money trying to help people in my 20s and my early to mid-30s. And with maybe one or two exceptions, it was all just a terrible idea. Uh, it just bound me to the lives of people heading down a very dark tunnel, and it consumed resources. And it kept good people away from me because I was pouring my mental and emotional energies into people who tricked me into, I shouldn't say tricked me, because again, it's me. It's my, my choice, my responsibility. So when people offer you something for nothing, blaming those people who offer you that, only blaming them, is a crippling abdication of responsibility. In the 60s, with the welfare warfare state, the electorate, could very well have said, no, if you are promising to spend money by the cruise line full, like by the bucket full, by the 
fire hose of fiat currency spraying across the landscape. If you're going to spend like crazy, but you're not going to raise our taxes, well, that's a devil's bargain. That's a, an enslavement bargain. That's, you know, there's nothing more devilish than offering people something for nothing. It's like the old uh, Faustian bargain, right? Mephistopheles goes to Dr. Faust after Dr. Faust almost kills himself and then begs the devil for magic and power and says, yeah, I'll give you all of these wonderful things just in return for your soul. An immaterial thing, what does it really matter, right? Something for nothing. And those of us who have spent many, many years in the public and private sphere convincing people that there's no such thing as a free lunch, we're not fundamentally facing the banksters. We are facing the people greedy for the unearned. Right? That is it's an old formulation from objectivism that all evil arises out of a desire for the unearned. Right? If you want to steal sexuality, that's rape. If you want to steal goods, that's theft. If you want to steal life, that's murder. And if you want to steal moral self-satisfaction without putting any of your own resources or time or energy on the line, that is a form of theft. Now, that's a form of intergenerational theft. But only focusing on the banksters and saying, well, it's that central banking, it's the Federal Reserve, it's the banksters. The only part of the equation that is the problem is like if you're a Christian saying that the only problem is the devil. But that's not the case. The devil tempts. And in almost all forms of society that we can, see, can conceive of, people will, at one time or another, offer you something for free. And will you say yes to that which is free? Most people, it seems, will say yes to that which is free. And the fact that it costs them everything cannot solely be blamed on the tempters.